You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. You know what? Well, we've got to start, I think, this week by talking about pajamas, the good old fashioned PJs, and the fact that you sent out a Twitter message saying something about, you know, wearing PJs when you go out to fill up the car. We've all seen it. Someone's gone to the, the service station or the petrol station, fuel station, whatever you call it, wherever you are in the world. They, they put petrol into their car or gas into their car and they're in their bathrobe or they're in their, you know, sort of nightly dress, I guess. And, uh, you know, you were saying, oh, I could never do that. I could never do that. I agree with you. But... A, a little twist to the thing, I, I did turn around and say to you on Twitter that I actually don't wear PJs. And 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 it's like, you know, that, that then started an issue because everyone was going, ooh, gross, oh, I got a bad mental image in my head, yuck, yuck, yuck. And it wasn't meant to be that way. It was an innocent statement. I wear clothes to bed, I just don't wear PJs to bed. Yeah, but you, you left it, you, you deliberately left your fly open on that one. <laughs> Okay, I like being controversial. We know that. There's there's no arguing there. There's no escaping that. I like to start something interesting. So perhaps I had the fly halfway open or halfway yeah, shut, depending on your philosophical bend. Yeah, well, listeners, episode 122 of the Geekiest Show Ever, we start out with Mike or Mark's fly halfway up or halfway down. Your choice. <laughs> yeah, where do we go from here, Kevin? You know what, while we're on the topic of social networks, let's hit that up a bit, because uh, there was a, another conversation that came up this last week I had with Alistair Jenks, he's been on Not Another Mac podcast quite a bit, and, um, you know, we were basically going back and forth on, you know, social networking, and on on Twitter and versus app.net, and it wasn't really a Twitter versus app.net, but it was kind of like, Mark, you're holding app.net wrong. And and you're not you're not giving it a fair go. You're not really looking at it. And and look, you know, he took me into task over it. And I've got to admit, Alistair was absolutely correct. I don't give app.net a fair go. I've heard everyone talk about it. Then I hear you talk about it, and I poo-poo you. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And then Pat Mann comes in and, and blows it up, of course. And uh, you know, I love how Pat comes in at the last minute. And he always he he sort of goes kaput, and everything flies everywhere. Uh, he's great for that. He really is. He sits back, <laughs> watches everything. Then one tweet changes everything. So, uh, you know, he should have been writing spy dramas or something because, you know, he can change the plot line perfectly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I'm, I'm going to check out app.net a bit more. And you know what? I've been getting lovely feedback from app.net. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I couldn't believe it. You go and search my name and it's like, oh, people actually like me. This is kind of cool. On Twitter, they don't like me as much. They don't say, hey, you're a cool dude or anything. So, you know, I've got to go across app.net because obviously my ego is so massive that I need more characters for them to say good things about me, Kevin. Oh, dear God in heaven, help us now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting. You talk about app.net. I, I've been trying to do it a little more. And what I've and I've heard a lot of people talk about this. One thing everybody would like is an app that would let them, if they want to, cross-post between Twitter oh, and app.net. I'd app. love it. I'd, I'd, you know, tw Tweetbot, one of my favorite uh, apps on, on Mac and iOS, I'd love them to be able to incorporate app.net into that service and then give you the option of, hey, tweet it on, you know, well, put it on app.net instead. But I think, isn't it Twitter's 
uh, end user agreement or developer user agreement that sort of prevents that somehow? Well, you would think so. But strangely enough, an app came out this week that lets you do both things at one time. Ooh. It's an iOS app. It doesn't have in-app per- purchasing, does it? No, it just has yes. app purchasing, not in-app purchasing. <laughs> well, the, the only in-app purchasing I support is where it says, buy the full game or the full app. Buy everything. I don't want all this buy 2,000 coins, a bag of coins, a purse of coins, a bag of rocks. Don't care about that. Let me no. let me buy the whole thing. No, it's a new app. It's by somebody that we both know, and I greatly respect anyway, because I think he makes great software. It's Reggie Ashworth mm-hmm. of App Delete, and he has uh, worked with. Oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but they've come out with an app called Socializer for iOS. It's ninety nine cents, if I'm not mistaken, in the iOS App Store. Yep, it will let you cross post to. App.net, Twitter, and Facebook. Oh, that, that, that's like a wet dream rolled into one, Kevin. Yeah, just keep your fly up so we don't have to watch it. <laughs> You'll just see um, the wet spot instead. Oh, there's yeah, an image that listeners didn't need. <laughs> yeah, there's another. We did it again and we weren't even online. But it's, <laughs> uh, it's an amazing little app. I'm just now starting to play with I bought it as soon as I saw him tweet out about it. Mm-hmm. Um and you can group things together and all that because, uh, you know, if you don't want to cross post, you can you can just post to one particular network, or you can um, uh, group everything together and post it. And if you're grouping together, because you know, ADN and and Twitter have different character limits. Yeah. You know, Twitter's the 140. So if it takes and it calculates the number of characters and keeps track of that for you. So you know when you're about to reach your limit for, in this case, Twitter would be the lowest common denominator. Um, but it's called it's called Socializer. It's at Socializer with a Z or a Z, uh, SocializerApp.com. And you can go see about it and then hop over to the App Store and purchase it. I've, cool. I, unfortunately, I don't have my phone down here. I thought I had it in my pocket, but I didn't bring it down. And uh, I really like the way it works. I'm, I'm going to uh, definitely have to check that out because it it just sounds like it, it's going to solve the problems. Now, can you actually see the different feeds come through as well so that you can actually watch the feeds, or is it just purely a posting system? I think it's purely a posting system. Again, I've only had like five minutes to play with it. Mm-hmm. You know, cross-post, I need to dig into it, and there's, it comes with a really neat little quick, like three minute if it's even that long tutorial that tells you how to use the app so it's really That's pretty cool. nice in that sense um and heck for 99 cents you know why not what, yeah well like i have to cross post when we announce all the shows um right. the only problem with cross posting when i do that is that when you're including people sometimes their app.net handles different from twitter and then of course facebook is completely different um, you know, you, you just type their name and then it pops up. There's no at symbol beforehand. Um, so that's actually a pretty nifty way to get around that problem. So, yeah, and I say, of course, sorry. of course, I don't use, I don't use Facebook, so it is the evil which which helps. Some... No, you know what? I don't class it as evil anymore. I used to be in your camp, Kevin, and I changed. I changed my opinion of it. I changed my thought process of it. I don't see it as evil. I 
see it as I use it a specific way for a specific purpose, and therefore it's not evil. I don't post my family photos on there. I don't have real-life friends on there other than a few, you know, a couple of people. Um, but I, I don't have the crud. Basically, I've got my community of friends from around the world that are on Facebook. They're on Twitter and, and app.net, and they're everywhere. So it's the same group of people that I socialise with on other networks that I socialise with on Facebook. So therefore, I'm always posting geeky stuff and pictures and posts about the shows being released and my articles that I've written. So I've used it more as a... I don't want to call it a business tool, really, because I'm, I'm not really in a business as such, but I've used it more as a promotional marketing engine for who I am, I guess, um, in this geek community, rather than use it for, oh, look at what my cousin did over there. Yay, that was exciting. I don't care. Um, I, I don't use it for that. So, again, I'm holding Facebook Ron, uh, but <laughs> I'm holding it in... I'm holding Zuckerberg in, in the wrong way, that's for sure. But I'm holding it in the way that best suits... No, Kevin, I'm not holding that part of him. Uh, <laughs> you should okay, the whole the, the whole pajama thing's coming back now. It's not going in a good direction here, folks. Facebook pajama party, yay. Actually, no, that's more Google Hangout style. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. My mind is in the gutter this week. Uh, I would apologize. I would apologize to listeners, but we have the explicit tag, and we've already warned you: don't listen to this show around your kids. So that's your bad luck. You got to put up with it. <laughs> uh, um, I'll, I'll apologize for Mark in advance, anyway. So anyway, anyway, the 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 good news is that I've figured out how to actually use Facebook for something that I actually like. You know, I I see people like say Tim Robertson. Um, head of my Mac and stoplight network that we're a part of he pumps out everything tech related stuff family related stuff he's out there fully and it's just too much for me you know it's like oh cool it's great to see that he had a picnic with his family and so forth but it's too much out there for me i personally can't go to that extreme you know with certain people i will share uh content and share information um well yes kevin i share with you we share all the time. Wait, wait, let, let, let's clarify that. We share information, listeners. There is about we, twelve we, to 14,000 miles. because we care. There's 14,000 miles between us. We only can share so much. <laughs> yeah, but that's more than enough, I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Facebook is, is my... You know, I still use it as a professional platform. I'm, you know, even Twitter, really, I use that as a professional platform. Um... I don't post a lot about the family unless the kids do something really funny that I think is hilarious. Then I'll, I'll mention it on there, but I tend to keep it more, you know, down that line of, of my personal interests. I keep it almost like a separate world. And I think in some ways that's important because I want my family life to be independent of my social life online. It's not because I don't want to let people in, it's because I like having the separation. When I'm with my family, I'm less of a geek and less of a nerd and, and less of a, a, a tech fanatic. What, what are you looking down your nose at me for, Kevin? <laughs> now, we both know that I talk to your wife. Yeah, but I, I, I'm more geeky with you and, and my fellow geeks than I am with them because 
So I'll, here's the problem, Kevin. I'll talk to Gretel, and, and, and this is why I've got to turn to social networks. I'll talk to Gretel. I was talking to her last night about, you know, collecting LPs, collecting CDs, and, and buying on, on iTunes and music and, you know, my hobby and, and so forth. As everyone knows, I'm a big music collector. I love music, and I tend to collect on everything because I, I like it all. And anyway, she kept, she kept changing the topic. Every two minutes, it was some other something about the kids or, or something else and we kept getting distracted and for about an hour I was trying to make my point I don't know maybe I rambled on too much and I and I wasn't coherent maybe I did that on the shows all the time perhaps but see the thing is when I do it on the shows you guys just listen to me it's absolutely great whereas when I do it in real life Gretel changes the topic Kevin Kevin wake up wake up wake up you're drooling you're drooling <laughs> So I, I need my my geekdom, where, it, where, where I'm the king geek. I need my geekdom, you know, online. And, and then when I've got my family life, it's like, okay, I've got to do this or do that or something different. So it's like your geek release. Oh, yeah. Okay. Just, you know, you know I, I have to be honest. No, I don't, but I will. The, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the, uh it's the same thing. I mean, you know, I, I, I do separate my family to some extent from my geekdom. I mean, I work in an IT department, so I get more than my fair share of, of geekdom. Um, you know, there's always the joke of, oh, you're having a Sheldon moment or you know, <laughs> something like that. And we're yelling across the cubicles at one another or something like that. So I get my fair share. But I understand the need. Of course, at work, I can't let out my Apple geek. I have to just let it, I just have to be my geek. Then when I get home and talk to people like you and and uh, Mike and Julie and Summer and all the others, and I'm not intentionally forgetting anybody, um, then I get to let out my Apple geek, mm-hmm. and that, that's that's the complete release there. I get to let it all hang out. So. And now Get I'm thinking eating. dirty thoughts with pajamas, Kevin. <laughs> Get that shit-eating grin off your face. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I no, I understand that, and I understand. But I guess Facebook is just so tainted. And, and I understand what you're saying about how you use it and you keep things separate. And we've talked about this a couple other times on the show. But it's just so tainted. It, I, and, and people laugh at me, but I know some other geeks, fellow geeks of ours. Jenna Duffy's a good one. That and I think Alistair's kind of the same way. I feel dirty every time I've even looked at Facebook. I feel like I did something wrong or committed some <laughs> misdemeanor or maybe even a felony. I don't know. It's just like, ooh, what did I just do? You know, I, I I get that, and I used to be like that, but I've got to say this much. I have different people following me on Facebook and, and friends with me on Facebook that don't follow my Twitter account. And when I say different, they're still geeks. They're people that you'd know. I'm not going to, to mention them uh, because I, I don't feel it's right. Go and follow me on Facebook, then you'll find out who follows me. Um, but it's quite a diverse group, um, and some of the heavyweights in the the podcasting world and and the writing world, I'll say that much. Uh, and they will not follow me on, on Twitter. Why? I don't know. I haven't asked them, but it, it allows me to interact with those people that normally I'd have to send an email to, to interact with. Um, so that's really cool. You know, that, 
allows me to spread my wings a little bit and have a different group of people to interact with that I normally wouldn't if I wasn't on that network. Now, remember, I was off Facebook. I set up my account maybe three years ago. Then I walked away from it, and then I came back, and it's only been the last six months or so that I've actually been on there. Yeah. And the connections that I've made have been worthwhile connections. Um, now, admittedly, I'm not using it as in, hey, you know, friends kind of thing. I'm using it as, you know, associates, geek associates and stuff like that. So for me, it's working absolutely superbly. And I think really you can have that on every social network because different people, again, follow me on Google+, Plus, but not on Twitter. Some people follow me on app.net, but not on Twitter. Um, you know, one one good friend of both of ours, Steve Stunner, he does not follow me on Twitter. Doesn't worry me, but he follows me on, on Google+, Plus, you know, or he, or on yeah. other networks. It doesn't worry me where you follow me. It, it, it's not like I'm going to go, oh, jeez, I'm going to be friends with you. I still follow his stuff. But see, what I'm posting out on Twitter is not necessarily what he's interested in receiving in his feed. And I understand that. That's that's why you use the networks to, you know, to the best of your own personal ability and what you want to get out of it. So by being available on all of them, I find that some people connect with me in different ways. You know, if I'm yeah. if I'm uh, using because I I tend to retweet a lot. I tend to tweet out. We all tweet out pointless stuff. Let's be honest. We tweet out what we ate for breakfast. We tweet out. You know, oh, look, I'm, I'm sitting out here with a drink in the garden and it's sunshine. Yay. Uh, <laughs> and stupidly, you, I, we all click on those photos, too. I thought you were complaining about my oatmeal tweet this morning. No, but I was I was tempted to because I was, I, was, I was like, I was looking and I, I opened the, the picture and I'm like, why the hell did I open that window? You're an idiot, Mark. Why did you do that? Absolutely. <laughs> and I do it all the time. It doesn't matter when someone posts a picture of food, I have to look at it. I don't know why I do. It's an obsessive-compulsive thing. Stop posting pictures on Twitter, people! It's a Pavlovian or Pavlovian, however you say it, response. Oh, it, you hear you hear the you hear the bell. You know you associate it with food. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, ding. What is it? Time to eat. Time to eat. <laughs> it, yes, it, it, it's very disturbing and. I honestly don't know what the interest is in people putting up, hey, here's a picture of me having oatmeal for breakfast. What, what, Kevin, what was the damn point, man? The point was that I like to have my oatmeal so thick that when you put the spoon in it, it'll stand on its own. Yeah, I, I kind of got that, but besides the, the spoon in the oatmeal erection uh, issue that you've got, what what's the point of showing food on Twitter? <laughs> I don't know. Did you like my my poo tweet before that? I I think I missed that one. I had poo on my tie. Oh yeah, no, I actually I retweeted that. That was a funny one because I I read it as p o o instead of p o o h, and uh, you know, of course, mind in the gutter twenty four seven. What can I say? That that's what I went for. And no, I thought that was a very clever tweet. I like that tweet. See, now that's a good picture because I retweeted. It, I thought it was funny, but. Um, you know, some pictures that are out there are just like, oh, really? You know, or a picture of your pooch. It's like, okay, I know you like your dog, but really, we, we've seen your dog 20 times this month already. <laughs> so, anyway. 
But so I'm not going to unfollow these people because I like the other tweets that they put out. If they were just putting out that all the time and nothing else, I'd unfollow. But they're interesting as well. So it just surprises me how certain people use it. And I'm not saying that they're using it badly. It's just I wish I could have a filter when, it, you know, I, I wish everyone would use a hashtag, food. And then I could just filter out the food hashtag uh, so that, or, you know, then we don't have to look at the pictures all the time. Or you could just not click on them. No, that's an impossibility. It's, a, it's an obsessive compulsive disorder, as I have many of. Um, now you know what I'm going to have to start doing, don't no, you? No, no, don't you dare. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't you fill my stream with pictures, especially <laughs> food. Don't you dare. Uh, I'm going to start, you know, breakfast. Lunch isn't always so interesting, but breakfast and dinner, Mark, will get pictures. No, no. No. How does please, that sound? No, please don't. Please don't. Please don't. We don't need any no. more food pictures. Uh, we need interesting pictures. At least throw your... If you're going to do it, at least throw it through Instagram with an, an interesting filter that makes it look wacky. Like, you know, you're on Pluto or something. I will not use Instagram. Oh, because... Uh, it's because it's on Facebook. You know what? I actually left Instagram. Uh, because it was bought out by Facebook, and uh, I've been meaning to go back to it, but I, I don't think I could be bothered anymore. It's just one of those things. I think the time has come and gone, and I don't see a lot of interest with Instagram anymore. I, I don't know. I just. Uh oh. I'm still here, Have Kevin. We lost you? No, I'm still here, but the stupid Skype thing's gone wonky. There we go. I'm back. Damn stupid Skype thing. I went to invisible mode, Kevin. Um, you're all pixelated, and you're weird-looking. Well, that's, Weirder than that, norm- that, that's normal, though. Okay, okay, well, we're fine, then. I'm pixelated, and I'm weird. And uh, we can continue recording, because, hey, I'm back, and I'm pixelated and weird. Yippee! So, Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Oh, wait a minute, that's a whole separate movie. <laughs> yeah, Die Hard. Haven't seen that for ages. I have to watch that again. I and love now- that movie. <laughs> so, to summarize social networks, here's what I do. Twitter is my go-to every day if I've got something to say goes on Twitter. App.net is going to be for my arguments that Twitter is just too short for. Because I hate it when I need to tweet twice about a topic that I'm discussing. And the person who I'm discussing it with only reads the first tweet and then doesn't get the second tweet and then it all goes to hell. Mark? Yes, Kevin, I'm here. And... You know what, listeners? Kev- Kevin's, uh, well, I'm dropping out on... Man, Skype is a bitch. Yes. Oh, and then you die. Stupid. So you were summarizing. Stupid bloody thing. Yeah, so uh, Twitter is is for my brain farts. Because anything longer than that needs to go on app.net. So app.net is then for the longer form arguments. When, when I want to have a disagreement with someone, I want to make a statement which I do quite frequently. Anyway, Facebook. Now, here's the thing. Facebook, you can pretty much write as much as you like. Guess what? I ain't giving away free content. If I'm going to write an article, it's getting published and I'm getting paid for it. So on Facebook, you get links and I like things and you get comments. On Google+, Plus, well, I'll do the occasional handout. But beyond that, not that much more. Why are you hitting your, your head on a book, Kevin? It's Facebook, get it? 
That's the Mac at Work book, Kevin. Well, it was the only book I had handy. Don't Facebook. destroy the Mac at Work book. I won't. But hey, it was a hey, who, actually, who actually wrote that book? Was that a David Sparks book? Yes, it was. Ha! I remembered <laughs> for once. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But I, it was I must a admit, face I, I, I actually don't I don't have that book, but I, I remember the titles, so uh Kill me, kill me. I'm sorry. All right. I, I minus four geek points. We gotta talk about geek points, but here's why I don't buy other people's books in the Mac community. I don't want to be accused of plagiarism. And it's not that I would intentionally plagiarize someone's work, but here's the problem. You read content that other people have written and you have a tendency to repeat it. Damn, Skype! You read. Ugh! You know, you have to absolutely love the reboot on the MacBook Air. 12 seconds, beautiful. Absolutely love it. But fuck you, Skype. Fuck you, fuck you. Go to hell. Go and die... Fuck you. God, this is pissing me off, Kevin. But you look better now. That doesn't matter. Do you know how hard this is going to be to edit this show? Jesus Christ. Damn bloody Do you want? I can edit this one if you send me your recording. There we go. <laughs> All three files. Uh, it, it's so annoying when this happens. It's just... You know, it, it only happens to us, too. It, it's... I'd never, I well, I shouldn't say never, but I rarely have a problem when I'm doing NAMP with four people. It handles four people better than it handles two. We need to get Mike in and do that threesome and have that threesome so that, you know, we can we can see how Skype handles with three of us. And now, listeners, we've given you the third image that you don't want in your mind. <laughs> I'm talking about a threesome as in a, a three-person discussion, Kevin, not, not the rude threesome if you want to do a threesome in your pajamas i don't know i think i think i'd have to be out of that one i wouldn't i wouldn't have me pajamas anyway it'd be in my kilt there laddie boy too much information anyway <laughs> now where was i up to because i, I before we were, you were talking really about off. you were talking about plagiarism you don't like to read other people's books because i was facebooking yeah that, Facebook. that's right we were talking about david sparks uh Mac Mac at Workbook. And, you know, I tend not to read a lot of my associates' books, uh, people that I, I work with, I, or even their articles online. I tend to be very much independent. I make up my own mind and own decisions based on what I see and what I believe is interesting uh, to the audience. And then that's how I actually uh, write and go from there. And as, as I said before, and hopefully it's still in the the show, I don't intentionally turn around and say, oh, that was a good little sentence, let's copy that. But unintentionally and subconsciously, as a writer, you do have a tendency to use a phrase or use a sentence that perhaps is in your mind, but where did you get that from? And it could have been something that you've heard, it could have been something that you've read, and it's something that I stay clear of. Um, It's just a personal thing with me, so I actually don't read... Anyone else's work, I don't um, listen to many podcasts as a result. I've really cut down on it because I don't want to be repeating what other people are saying subconsciously without even thinking. So 
that's why I don't have that book, Kevin, and that's why I don't have other books as well. And I've stopped actually reviewing books. Um, I've stopped reviewing uh, all the tidbits books. I used to review their books. Um, used to review Peach Pick books as well. Stop reviewing all of that just purely because when I go in there and I write for Mac Specialist or Mac Fusion or even Mac Observer, I want my content to be clean, clear, and it's 100% mine. It hasn't been influenced by someone's opinion or, uh, you know, what someone else has said. Um, so that, that's the way I do it. How can you, and I understand that, and it makes sense, but how can you not be influenced by the other stuff that you read, see, and do. I mean, at some level, you're always going to be influenced because you're gathering information to make a decision. Okay, some of the information you gather is because of your experience. You went in, let's pick some application. You went in and tested the application. Here's the results you got. But if you have managed to avoid, with an application, hearing anything about it, then you're going to be pretty good. But you can still have some bias that you're going to have that's going to be deep down inside of you, you know, down where your PJs are. You're going to have this bias that's that's there. I mean, you can't help it because unless you have reached the singularity and become a mechanical thinking artificial intelligence, it's a part of you and you're going to do it. Yeah. It, it's just a, a matter of minimizing it so that it's not, it doesn't affect you so much. That that's really the key is to have enough no, no. information, but not not every bit of detail. Um, you know, this this is one reason why I'm not a member of Screencast Online. I I love Don's stuff. I respect Don as a creator, but again, when I'm doing hints and tips and and walkthrough tutorials, I do it the way that I see and I would use an application. Um. That makes sense. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it's probably I'm probably not explaining myself well, and I tend to have that tendency to not do that, Kevin. It's it's just one of those things that I I just feel strongly with is that, and if I do read someone's article, I read something on on Mac Observer. I skim through it. I literally first line of every paragraph, and I get the idea, and then from that, I base my own conclusions. Uh, so that that's the way I kind of work with it. But now, see, I'll read stuff, and I'll go, that's interesting, and then I'll go through it, and then there's, I, but I go through it as, as, even though I'll have some bias, but at least half the time, I'll come to a slightly different, or sometimes a radically different conclusion. I do that as well, and I find that I do that through the interaction on social networks and the disagreements that I have, um, the constructive disagreements, I should say. Plus, uh, when I do this show with you or when I do Not Another Mac podcast, I have that open discussion where we'll be throwing out ideas and then, you know, at times, live on the show, I've backed down from different arguments that I've had or I've changed my opinion midway through because someone else has given me enough information that makes me think, you know what, I've been thinking wrongly about this or I've been holding this wrongly or I've been doing something the way that it wasn't really designed to to be done. I don't mind changing. I don't mind admitting I'm wrong. Uh, you know, I, I wrote an, a number of articles. That, on, that's true. I, I I would agree. I'm sorry. I was going to say, I, it's very true. You are very willing to look at the other side and you are willing to, once you have the information, 
either change or become more firm in your opinion. I mean, just look at the MacBook Air versus the iPad. Yeah. I, I, I was solid on, on the, the iPad. Absolutely solid for three years. Uh, great system. Still is a good system. But I was trying to do... I was trying to make it a MacBook Air, in which it was never designed to do. And that was my mistake. In retrospect, it was an error of mine, but it was also a very interesting experience and 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 really just a, a, a testing a theory, I guess, is could you actually do it? And the, the fact of the matter is you can to some extent. But does it, it drive was- you nuts? In the end, after a couple of years, you, you just pine for a MacBook instead. Yeah, and, and you know, that's... And see, I've gone out from the other perspective where I've always said the MacBook Air is the machine and the iPad is a companion device and can be used for some productivity. I didn't, I'm not going to discount it. And Scott, please write in and tell me I'm bloody, I'm completely wrong. (laughs) But, and I have done content creation on my iPad. It's not that I haven't, but I still, I need the full feature set of something I'm working with and the iPad right now has limitations that makes it difficult for me in the way my brain is wired yes. to do to do a lot. So you know like, well one one problem that I've got with iOS as a full and and trust me I'm not leaving iOS by any stretch of the imagination. I still love my iPhone. I'm not convinced on this gold champagne colored iPhone thing. It's like oh geez no please tell me that's just a rumor. Uh, but I, I'm I'm really liking the iPhone way of doing things that that sort of you know tap an app and and you're within the app and you get the information or you do what you need to do and then you go. It's an on the go machine. Whereas the iPad, I felt the multitasking really let it down, and I feel that's the same on Android as well. No one's really killed multitasking and got it absolutely perfect. Android's a little bit better. Only because they allow certain things like picture and picture and window and window and, and window splits and stuff like that. Um, maybe that'll come to iOS someday. Maybe Apple purposely leaves it out because it, it lowers the performance and the, the quality of iOS, which is really, I guess, an Apple thing. But it, it's that kind of multitasking that really you struggle with when you use iOS exclusively uh, because you're just going from... To do one task at times, I was going through four and five different apps, um, and that's just tedious, a waste of time. And and when I could do it on the the Mac, so much quicker. So the iPad for me, I don't know where it fits anymore. I'm not missing it. My iPad Mini, I don't miss it. I, I we've still got the kids; they've got an iPad each. Of course, we've still got the kids. We can't get rid of them until they're eighteen. But uh, you know, they've <laughs> I was got. Going to ask, but yeah, they've got an iPad each. They love it. Um, but look, I even use it when I've got to update something for them or put a new app on or, or something. I don't feel compelled to hold on to it. I pass it back and I pick up my MacBook and I pick up my iPhone and go. And I just, I don't know. I know everyone uses it differently. But even as a media consumption device, I mean, this, this gave me the shits um, last night, actually, because I, I mentioned earlier in the show that I was having this discussion on music collecting. And the reason why... I was talking to Gretel about, well, hey, LP, CD, and 
iTunes, it's not so that I can necessarily buy it on iTunes for the cheapest price because, you know, it's like, so what? Um, I've got iTunes match, so if I buy the CD, I match the CD and then I keep the CD, play the CD on the CD deck and, and all that kind of stuff. But the iTunes LP feature was a really cool feature. Now, unfortunately, Apple has dropped the ball on, on iTunes LP. It doesn't work on anything other than your Mac. So you can't look at the iTunes LP on your iPhone, on your iPad, or on your Apple TV. Unless you've got an Apple TV One. Then you can have that additional content there. Yeah, because Apple TV One is based on Mac OS. Whereas oh, yeah, Apple yeah. TV 2 and 3 is a an abbreviation of iOS to some extent. So they, they haven't mastered it, and they've left what was a great idea. And I, I've bought many albums with uh, with iTunes LP, and I think it's a wonderful idea. It's a great extension, and it offers the digital purchaser something more, that interactivity, that maybe that music video, that behind-the-scenes making of that would normally be on a deluxe set uh, CD pack on a separate disc. It offers it online for roughly the same price. I think it was great. I've spent a ton of money. Here's the other problem. That does not iTunes match. So if you delete it out of your library or you want to stream it to another computer from iTunes match, you can't stream it. So that additional content is not streamable. Look, I understand that streaming is music and this is data that is coming down with it. But when you actually pay for this, it should be there and it should be everywhere. It should be available. And it just... It's something more that Apple's dropped the ball on. They've also the same thing can be said for movies with the the sort of the special feature kind of thing that you can't you know have that DVD interface pop up on the Apple TV. You can only play the movie, so you don't get the iTunes extras. And it's really cool technology, but what the hell are they doing? It's like from my standpoint, Kevin, if it doesn't work on iOS, then make it work on iOS. Or iOS for me is, is a little bit more of a failure. Every time something like this doesn't work, every time something like this cannot be displayed on an iPad or an iPhone or, or an Apple TV, it's like just one more frustration. And that, that's what I felt with the iPad was it was just constantly one of these frustrations where I wanted it to do more. I knew it was capable, but certain things were preventing it from happening. Now I can have the MacBook Air and I can go through iTunes Match and I can, uh, sorry, not iTunes Match, iTunes LP and iTunes Extras for movies. And then when I want to watch the movie or want to listen to the music, I can then stream it out to the Bose system, stream it to the Apple TV and play the movie that way, but I can still at least see the content. And, you know, with, with I can also even stream just my MacBook screen to the HD TV anyway. Um, so I, I can do that as an option. But... It just, it really infuriates me that something that's so cool, you know, cannot be done. Because I, I look at services like uh, Pandora and Spotify, and I've used them, I've tried them. I don't like them. And the reason why I don't like them is because I collect stuff. I mean, I've, I've got a CD right here, Aerosmith's um, Rockin' a Hard Place CD. I still collect the physical media. I still love holding that media. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's anything wrong with people who want to stream music. It's your prerogative to do so. Uh, just, you know, as long as you're not pirating it, that, you know, that's uncool. But streaming and, and either 
ad-supported or paying for it, no issue with me. But it's just something that I'm not keen on. I use iTunes much to stream the content that I've already purchased and the music that I love. Uh, but when you don't have some of these things like iTunes LP show up on all your devices, that sucks. Because you do pay a little bit of a premium, and it's it's just cool. It it, it would perhaps be more interesting. People are, are starting now LPs are the only format of music that's actually increasing. Every other format of music in the last 12 months has decreased. LP sales are, are increasing. Now, LP sales, don't get me wrong with this, LP sales are not exceeding CD or MP3 or anything like that, but they're on an upward curve, whereas the other formats are on a downward curve. So you can see where the interest is. People are starting to say, hey, I, I want that physical format, I want that tactile feedback, I, I want to feel my music. I look at Spotify and Pandora and, and it's background noise, it's background music. iTunes Match for me is background music. I have it when I'm out on a walk. I have it when um, we're in the car. I have it when I'm doing some work. It's in the background. When I want to actually sit down and enjoy a, a, an album, I pick up the CD copy and I sit there and I listen to it, computer off, iPhone off, and I sit there and I listen to it. I look at the notes, I, I you know, I just dig it and, and get into it that way. But when something cool like iTunes LP just doesn't go onto the Apple TV, it sucks. Well, now we my my music um, playback and listening is well documented across many shows, but I understand what you're saying. But, you know, I'm also another person. I rarely, if ever, go into the extras on a DVD. I very good, rarely that, ever. That is a good point. Um, I just don't I, see I that. Admit I admit that's the case. And I admit I wouldn't do it all the time. But the difference is when you pop a DVD into either your Mac, if it's still got a DVD player, or to your, your TV DVD slash Blu-ray player, it's there. If you want it, you've purchased right. it, you've got access to it, I've per- whereas I've purchased this, and this this is the, the walled ecosystem of Apple that, look, I like it, but I don't like it, because it restricts you to, I have to watch that content on my Mac. It's the same with books. I buy all my books um, via the iBookstore. Why? Because it, it works with the app so well, and it's going to be supported on the Mac soon, and cool, okay. Um... And I actually, I love reading on the iPhone screen, Kevin. I, I couldn't stand reading on the iPad screen. Yeah, I, I read, like reading. I read full novels, full thousand page novels on the the iPhone screen. No worries. Are you touched in the head? No, it, it's the most comfortable thing. You hold it in your hand, you can move it anywhere. When you're in bed at night, it's not going to fall on your head and hit you as badly as an iPad will. It's not as cumbersome. And the other thing I find that, is a real key for me. I am a distracted reader. And what I mean by that is if I'm reading a heavy book, I tend to get lost in the paragraphs. So if, if I've got several paragraphs on one page, so say we, we take a, a look at the full-size iPad, I've got to either increase the font size to have less words on that one page, or I've got to you know, read it on the the iPhone because if there's too much compressed in there, I'll actually miss a line or have to go back or miss my spot. I know it sounds weird, but it does happen. 
it's like traditional books. That's why I've stopped reading them. Some of the print is so small that it gets so compressed that you lose where you're up to. You know, something yeah. as e- something as easy as seeing, you know, a car go past, right? And then you've got the reflection that comes into the window can be enough to derail you from line three to line seven. And then, oh, hold on a sec, where was I up to? And so that that's just something that the iPhone eliminates because there's not as many words on that, that page, that virtual page, I don't get lost anymore, which actually means I read faster, I enjoy the books more. And that, that's the way I, I do all my reading now. Every single book I read is done on the iPhone screen. I absolutely love it. You are attached in the head. But that's beside the point. But, <laughs> but what I was getting to with the walled garden is those books are, are not... If I went with uh, you know Amazon, for instance, well, you've got the app on iOS and then you've got the app on, on Android. If I ever want to switch to Android, I'd kind of be screwed because Apple doesn't have... They've got the DRM locked on the the iBooks uh, still, which is a shame. Now it's not that I want to move to Android, but if Apple release a porker, and I don't want to buy their system anymore, if I don't like iOS seven because it's radically changed and it, it doesn't perform the way my brain performs, maybe I do want to go Android. Maybe I want that option, but because I'm so heavily invested, I've got no choice. And I, I think sooner or later we're going to have to. Apple's going to have to do more than than you know what they're doing now. They're either going to have to have apps that are on all platforms, uh, so that you can read your purchase content on all platforms, or they're going to have to lift more DRMs like they did with music. I think it's an important thing. Uh, it's not that we're trying to rip anyone off. It's not that we're trying to rip authors off. We just want flexibility. Uh, you know, if Apple keeps making great products like they have been. You know, I'm going to be a very happy user, but yeah, sometimes it, the walled garden approach just restricts you a little bit too much. And that, that's really, I think, my frustration on the tech side with Apple in general is that I don't like being restricted. I I do like, when I look at, I, I actually have Android envy at times, Kevin. I, I look at, you know, other people I know in real life and they've got Samsung phones and they've got these bigger screens. And actually, I, I might answer this one. Alistair actually put a, a message up on, on uh, my website, which I haven't had a chance to reply to yet. And he asked, well, what do you want? Do you want more pixels? And if you do, what would you use it for? Or do you just want a wider screen? And I actually just want a wider screen. I don't care about more pixels. I'm quite happy with the pixel ratio that Apple's currently got in their lineup. That's not an issue. I just want a slightly wider screen. And it's for two reasons. Number one, I won't then be looking at the Samsung phone going, man, that looks cool. That's just, oh, that's just that little bit wider. That looks so much easier to hold, blah, blah, blah. But more importantly, batteries. Bigger capacity battery, more juice. I think really that that's the key thing. We're looking at Apple releasing something on the 10th of September, or announcing something, I should say. I don't care about colors. I don't care about champagne color. I, I don't want any yucky stuff like that. It's like, please just give me slightly bigger screen options. Options, which is something Android has, Kevin. That, yes. That, that's something that you cannot deny, whether you hate Android or not. You cannot deny that they have options. They have your standard size, then they have the larger sizes, and they have 20 different sizes, admittedly. They probably have too many. But on the flip side, Apple doesn't have enough, in my opinion. Because for some users, they're going to love the the iPhone 4, 4S screen size. Some are going to love the 5. But some also want 
the five plus a little bit of width going on there. So, I, which is me. <laughs> I wasn't. Gonna I, say. I, yeah. I, well, no, I do. I want. A, I would like a little bit wider screen. I look at the. I'm not going to switch because I'm too heavily invested in yes. the iOS system where I am. So I'm not going to switch. I'm not saying I would never. I'm just saying I'm not going to at this point. But I really do need a slightly wider screen. I know we're going to get mail or comments about that, but I do want a slightly wider screen. I really just want that option. For, for users to have that option, like they do on Android, if you want a small Android, you can go a small Android. There's no issues there. You can do it. You can go and buy them. So it's not that everyone's gone, oh, well, we have to have a bigger screen. But for certain people, that is appealing. You know, the the iPad Mini, I think, failed for me a lot because it was more it was smaller and more convenient than the full-size iPad. But it still wasn't that device that I could easily put in a general pocket and take out with me. It was the device, and, and, and I said at one stage in one article that I wrote that you know, I never took her on dates. She was always locked into <laughs> the, the home Wi-Fi network. And, you know, the silly puns aside, it, it is that fact, though, that I look at what can I take with me and what can I, can I do? Where can I take this? And I feel comfortable taking the MacBook Air with me. It's everything now inclusive. But the, the, the iPad mini was too much. It, it was really too similar to my iPhone. When I took it out, it was like, well, which do I use? And I found that I just wasn't using it. And then I found that, hey, you know, it doesn't fit into a pocket. And with two young kids, I've still got to hold their hands when we cross at a street and, and stuff like that. They're not. Let's be honest. They're, 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 they're guiding you across the street. Let's really be honest here. Well, if they aren't already, they certainly will be very shortly. I can assure you of that, yeah. Kevin. Um, so, you know, something that fits in the pocket would, would be absolutely superb. And... So I'm not looking for much bigger, but just something slightly bigger. So the iPad Mini missed it for me. It was just, it was an iPad just shrunken down. A very good iPad, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't, it's not like I could turn around and say, geez, I wish that I had the 3G version because then I'd take it everywhere with me. I wouldn't. I, I couldn't do that. And I'm not the type of guy who tends to go with a, a bag, you know, man bag, if you want to call it. Immerse. Immerse, that's right. I don't do that kind of thing. I, if, if I take my laptop bag out, it's because we're gone for the whole day, we're going somewhere, and I've got the kids' iPads in there as well. So everything gets thrown in. But I don't actually... I, I've, I've never thought about, oh, let's get a, a little iPad mini shoulder strap case. And then you've got to take it out of the case, and then you've got to use it. And it, it was just too cumbersome. So I want a little bit more real estate that gives a bit better battery life, and I just want more options on the iPhone lineup that similar to what Android has. Not every single size difference, but at least give us an option of wider, give us an option of taller, and, and give us the the iPhone four size option as well. Three options, three SKUs. I think that'd be perfect. So to summarize, basically, you want to reach into your pocket and find something bigger than what you have there now. My pocket, not my zipper. I don't. I don't need I that. I, I don't need that pocket. reassurance with my zipper, Kevin. I said pocket, but you know, interesting. There was a, uh, and I can't remember which brand it was. Whether it was Samsung or HTC, is getting ready to release the biggest Android phone yet, 
it was announced it's a 6.3 inch screen. See, that's that's getting ridiculous. It, that's uh, that's getting a little on the. But see, there's also a market for that. If you look at like the business you work in, that might be actually okay because you've got this full display that you can do video conferencing in. You've got something that you can take notes on in meetings, and then you've got something that you can take from room to room. And while you're on, while you're actually in the office area and in the business itself. You could actually move from room to room, office to office, and be on call with this device and make notes on it and everything like that. That's kind of cool. But for the general person, I don't see anyone willing to do that. Yeah, I, I, I use my iPad that way sometimes at work. I even sometimes I'll have my note, my work notebook sitting there and I'll have the iPad sitting beside it and I'm almost dual screening, uh, mm-hmm. not... Not that it can, because it's a Windows machine, not that it can dual screen over to it or that I do that. It's just that it's, I'll have, you know, like if I'm doing a little bit of research and stuff like that, because I'm used to working with a big, at least one big or sometimes multiple screens when I'm at my desk. Here at home, I have multiple screens. When you're you're, you're going to kill me. My 11-inch MacBook Air, I don't want a bigger screen. I'm absolutely comfortable with it. I was thinking about a... a you know, when the uh, Apple displays. And I'm like, no, I don't need that. I'm, I'm very happy with the screen real estate on the MacBook, and yeah. Well, no, it's not that I always do that, but I mean, occasionally I'll just be doing, there'll be like, a, in your case, you had a good example of one of the failings of the iPad. Sometimes I want to have something I'm researching, and I don't want to switch from what I'm working on mm-hmm. over to a browser, or vice versa. So I'll have the iPad sitting there, and I'll have, I'm doing some research or something, so I'm looking at it here and, you know, doing whatever I'm doing over here where I've actually got the uh, line of business applications that I'm working in. So I do that occasionally, too, but it gets to be a bit much carrying all that around, so I understand your point. Yeah, and when a a device is so similar, like, the iPhone does so much. It really is a really powerful device. It can run almost anything that the iPad can, other than iPad-specific apps. Uh, you know, it can run pages, it can run the audio editing app, I use Twisted Wave, you can Skype on it, you can Dropbox, you can do photo stuff, basic photo editing stuff, it's your phone, it's really an all-inclusive device, and yeah, the iPad for me, I, I just, I've lost a bit of love for it, Kevin, and it's a bit of a shame, because I, I've enjoyed having an iPad, I, I, I've had the iPad 1, the iPad 2, and then I, I've had the iPad Mini, and I have enjoyed it. But I think also what turned me away from iOS a lot was when I stopped reviewing iOS games. Uh, specifically, I stopped playing games, and it was all because of the in-app purchasing. And you know, I've made my opinion known everywhere how much I detest in-app purchasing. And in-app purchasing can be done well; it really can. And all developers need to do to have me on board with in-app purchasing or all Apple needs to do is turn around and say, listen, for $49.99, you get the full version of the game. Everything included. We will not bug you about buying anything and we will not put ads or anything in there. You pay that money and it's yours. Similar to what you would do if you were buying like a Nintendo game on the Nintendo DS or something like that. You'd pay your $40 for it and... You'd, you'd be able to enjoy it uninterrupted. Full version, that's great. Problem with in-app purchasing is they don't offer that full version 99% of the time. 
Uh, and that, that's a real issue. I, I just, I don't believe that it should be open-ended. Keep spending your hard-earned dollars. I believe it should be, hey, pay your money up front if you want. Give give people the option. Some people will go that way. I will. And I'll stop complaining about in-up purchasing if that's available. Uh, big Fish Games, who make a lot of those... Um, they're sort of story-driven games, but they're basically, here, here's a, a, sh- a, a sunken ship, and you've got to find all the different treasure elements to then move on to the next thing. Um, they're kind of cool games if you want a casual game. And they do the same thing. They, they offer it for free, so they give it to you for free, and then you get to play like one or two levels, and then if you want, you can pay $6.99 and unlock the full game and have full ownership of it. That's cool. I really support that. That's awesome use of in-app uh, purchasing. What's not awesome use, and, and I know this will irritate people, is things like Plants vs. Zombies 2. Yes, I know that you can go and keep playing without paying a cent. That's fine. But for someone like me who wants to turn around and support the developer, because this will implode eventually, Kevin. This is my prediction that iOS uh, game development will implode because of the in-app purchasing model that's currently there. People are already, our, our associates, our friends uh, that have the same level of geekiness that we do, they say, you don't need to spend a cent. I've played the game for, for weeks and months. I've finished the game and not paid a cent. Once more people get that, and then they stop making in-app purchases, developers are going to start losing, the whole industry will implode, and then they'll go back to charging up front, because people would have, become smarter about how they do it. So you've got two two versions of thought. The the people that don't pay for in-app purchasing aren't supporting the developer. If the developer's not being supported, then they're not being paid, then they can't develop cool games and cool apps. So th- there's got to be a transition here somewhere because people will get smarter. People will tell people, hey, you don't have to buy that. You can keep playing. Obviously, Candy Rush, you have to keep playing otherwise you just have to wait a day or two days before you can play again but it, it, it's gonna it, my opinion and this is just my opinion my thought is that it's going to implode badly and this isn't just for apple this is google as well android does exactly the same thing it, it cannot survive it, it's a fad it's a phase that we're going through and i don't believe it can survive long term i don't believe this is a plausible business model. This is the same as what the success that Nintendo had with the Nintendo Wii. How many people bought the Wii for Wii Sports? And how many other games did they play? Wii Sports came with it. So you didn't have to right. buy anything else. But they didn't then go on, most people didn't then go on and buy more games, or if they did, it was only a couple of games at best. So, and, and you've noticed now with the Wii U whilst it's a killer console and a great console, the, those same people, those casual gamers are not coming back. So the in-app purchasing model is very much driven by the casual gamer. The casual gamer is going to drop you like you're, you're a dirty sock. As soon as they're tired of it, as soon as they're tired of being ripped off, as soon as they're tired of that model and something else comes along, they're gone. And that's why I believe the implosion of, of iOS gaming... And only gaming will occur in at least the next two years, sometime within the next two years. It's just a theory I have. There's may not. I may be proven wrong. This may come back and haunt me, Kevin. But it's just one of those things that I, I feel 
is not sustainable. It's working great for developers now, great for Apple now, but people are going to smarten up, quick smart about it. And when they do, there's going to be backlash and there won't be people doing all this in-app purchasing. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I've talked about how much in-app purchasing I do, and I just don't do it. I don't play a lot of games. My attention span's either too long or too short to play a ton of games. <laughs> the, the the majority of the game, as I said before, that I end up playing is I play Solitaire, and that sounds so pathetic. But that is the biggest game that I play right now, and I have that is the one game ever since I've had an iPad, going back to the iPad 1, that is the one game that has transitioned across all devices and I have continued to play. Don't ask me why. It's just mindless. I can sit there and play it. Now, the other games, like I talked about Wii City, which is uh, kind of like a uh, uh, and Wii Farm, which was kind of like uh, Farmville on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. I did get deep into some of those games and played them quite a bit. And, you know, I'd come home every evening and first thing I would do, the kids would come up and they'd want to see what my factories had made, you know. Had my factories completed making sailboats or, you know, whatever it was. And, you know, you ship all that stuff. And then how much money you go, oh, what kind of neat new facility can I buy? And, you know, so on and so forth. So I got fairly far in those games without buying a lot of stuff, especially with Wii Farm. Because uh, I did not buy much for Wii Farm. And they would give stuff away occasionally. And that's how you could kind of play the system. But I won't disagree. Maybe it will implode. I just don't know. I think there's there's that uh, that sudden need. I'm I'm just kind of wondering how long it's going to take people to get off from that sudden need. Uh, immediate gratification, hmm. where people want a game right away and maybe don't want to pay for it, and then they get caught up in the moment. And I think people just don't realize it's kind of like a gambling or crack or something. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot of hard lessons learned before people are going to get past it and and it will implode and implode as you're talking about um i don't know i guess we'll have to wait and see episode you know 300 or something of the gse we'll be able to discuss if mark was right or wrong yeah and look as i said it's just a theory but I, i just don't see it sustainable for a long time and i also i don't like to see people in general being taken advantage of. And while some, and I should be clear on this, not all app developers do take advantage of people's vulnerabilities and and inability to to restrict their behaviour by not, you know, purchasing compulsively. Um, But you know what, as someone with obsessive compulsive disorders, uh, you know, I, yes, Kevin, roll your eyes. Look, I, I feel for people, I really do, because gamblers... I've never been a gambler, but I can understand why they're obsessive compulsive about it. And this is the same type of thing. And I just don't like it. I just, I feel it's not been as crystal clear as, as it should be. So I, I guess part of me is also hoping that it will implode. Um, not so that I'm right in this argument, Kevin, but so that people no longer get a screw job. Yeah, no, I understand. But you know, you talk about obsessive compulsive and my upset, one of my obsessions and compulsions this week ended up costing me some money. Uh-oh, what did you buy? Well, you know I have this, you know one of my big loves in this world, what you, television show it is, right? Television show, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Big Bang Theory. Oh, that, oh, that, oh, I thought you were talking about the other one. You mean Honey Boo Boo? Yes. 
Well, this came into vision this week. Oh, nifty. Oh, it eight is. gigabyte Sheldon. Oh, that's you yank, cool. You yank his head off, and he you can load your data into Sheldon. You know what? I absolutely love stuff like that. The only thing that irritates me is it's eight gigs. It's like, oh, man, I can't put anything on that. Well, this would hold uh, my music collection and then have uh, about uh, 17 and a half hours left over. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? It's, it, you'd love to be able to put more stuff on there. Maybe you could actually, you could probably get a whole season of, of uh, Big Ben ripped on there from DVD. Oh, yeah, easily. They actually sell, I got this at Radio Shack in case the listeners are wondering, and we'll try to put a link in the show notes to it. It was on sale last week. It was on sale through last Saturday for uh, $14.99 US. Yeah, cool. So, and they actually have Sheldon, uh, they have uh, Leonard, and they have Wallowitz. So you could, but they don't have any Kuth or Polly, so uh, I, I, I was going to ask, well, where's Penny? I want to, you know. Well, she's a double-ended thumb. No, that's <laughs> not, that's <laughs> I didn't know where I was going with that one, Kevin. I thought I'd just throw you into the deep and let you deal with that one. <laughs> yeah, that one's going to sink me somehow. I'm not sure where, but no. But no, it was pretty cool. That 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 cost me a, a little a little bit of coin, but not Bitcoin. <laughs> I like it. Now that that's actually really cool, I, you know I've seen some of, of the bobblehead versions as well, and they're pretty cool. Yeah, you, oh, you've got one. I've got one. He Sheldon sits up here on the upper left corner of my monitor, constantly watching me, and he's right now shaking his head and wagging his finger at you. <laughs> you know, I I, I sort of I, I suppose I should actually buy these things because once the show's run its course, they're not going to be available anymore. It's just. A fact of life. Yeah. If you didn't buy next generation uh, figurines, good luck getting them for, you know, especially mint condition. Uh, although, of course, I I don't do the mint thing where I go keep them in their packet unopened. I open the damn things. It's there for me to enjoy. Yeah. This this I've kept it in the package just to annoy you partially. Um, open the damn package, Kevin. <laughs> do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. I want to see his head pop off. <laughs> no. Oh, um, no! I'll I'll wait and open it next year. The, <laughs> but uh, I'll I'll open that because he'll probably be like one of the little tchotchkes that sits up here on top of my monitor, so I can uh, on top of my iMac, so I can I can have Sheldon on each side of me looking down and making sure I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> so, Kevin, I've got to ask, out of because I know you're a massive USB stick collector. Out of all of the USB sticks you've got, have you ever put them and categorized them 8 gigabytes, 4 gigabytes, 2 gigabytes, 32, 64, 128, 256? And have you then actually added up how much data you actually have? Because I'm wondering if you could set up your own data center at home, plug it into like the, the world's biggest USB hub, and, and like serve everything off it. Um, I would get, no, I've never done that. I don't have anything bigger than a 64 currently. I have my eyes on a 128 because they're coming so down. Do they're below, they're below a hundred dollars us, um, down around 70 or $80. Well, US, I've actually got my eye on a 128 because I've got the 128 gig storage on the MacBook air. So for carbon copy cloner, beep. yeah, that would be very nice. Um, now, do, of course, it doesn't do versioning, but I do versioning on a 500 gig drive anyway, so, yeah. I would guess that I have somewhere between, in thumb drives, 
because I still have a, I still have some that are only one gig. Uh, I still have two gigs. I I, have I've still got an eight gig one. I've actually, I've got it here. This is a really, it's it's a USB two, but it really runs at like USB um one point zero speeds almost. It, it's it's just a crappy one, but it's a cool see through one. That's what I like about it. You can actually see the computer board underneath, and the uh, the little memory slot. Oh, okay. Show me your baggy. Jeez. He has to That's upstage one... me all the time. I show him one stick, and he's got to show me, like, ten. I've got that. I've got... These are laying here. Here's a couple more. There's a... Here's... There's a couple more. Oops, crap, I'm dropping stuff. You, you, you can there's see Kevin's couple... got a lot, or you can certainly hear it, listeners. Ke- Kevin, <laughs> let, let me ask you. Do you actually put anything on them? Like, do they actually have stuff saved on them? And do you know what's got... What information saved on them if you do do that? Uh, yeah, they all have, probably the only one is this one 8 gig still in the package, doesn't have anything on it. Um, and I'm actually going to give that to somebody. But the, uh, they all have stuff on them. Do I know what's on all of them? Just the two that I use, there's two or three that I use for specific things all the times. I know what's on them. Uh, these other two that are right here beside me, um, they're both HP's. Um, they have bootable Linux partitions. Cool. Uh, on them. Um, I've actually. I been, one. I, sorry to interrupt, Kevin. I was actually thinking of putting uh, a bootable Windows partition on one, and then booting that into the MacBook Air. Um. So via Boot Camp. Yeah, my the one I carry with me all the time. My sixty-four gig has a lot of the stuff I'm that I'm working on in some way, and it's kind of like a mobile backup because yep. it's in two other places but if I'm someplace and need to get to it and don't have any other better way I've got it there on that thumb drive you know I should so, actually probably do that but you know I've never really been that conscious about I, I've always backed up but I've never really been that obsessive about have to have a hundred different versions in different places and it hasn't been it's only been starting this university course that I'm like okay shit I've put in you know 20 hours of work into this assessment I don't want to lose it uh, plus I'm actually using god forbid open office and I'll talk about why that not Li- why not LibreOffice is that another option as well I, I, I just went with open office yeah LibreOffice is it better uh, according to most everything I've read about it yes um the little bit of playing I've done with it, then there's also a version of OpenOffice that's specific for the Mac. Yeah, well, I've got the Mac version of OpenOffice, and the reason why I went with that is because the university I'm going through, they want assessments uh, submitted in good old PowerPoint. Yay. Um, Now, the problem with that is we all know how bad going from Keynote to PowerPoint can be. Yeah, that conversion really worked well, and likewise, it works badly when it comes back the other way. So what the university has suggested is that if you don't want to actually pay for a version of uh, PowerPoint, go and get OpenOffice because it's compatible with what we require and, and, and what we expect to get from you. So that's why I've gone with OpenOffice based on their recommendation. I'm actually quite happy with it. But you know what really irritated me with PowerPoint, Kevin, is remember the day when you used to be able to go and buy PowerPoint and you could then buy Word and then you could buy Excel and they were all separate packages. Now they're just one package. You can't buy them in separate packages. I'm going, 
I don't want the other stuff. I don't want Outlook. I don't want Word. I don't want Excel. All I want is PowerPoint. You can actually buy Outlook by itself. Oh, can you? Well, why can't you buy but PowerPoint it, by itself? I don't know. Outlook's like 200 and some dollars by itself. So that's just a ripoff. But you, know, the, but the Office Suite itself, PowerPoint, Word, Excel, the basic version, uh, Homes. Now what? That's that's cheap. Uh, another version of Office. Before I forget, you ought to try to look at Neo Office. That's a very open office skin to look like a Mac application. Ah, uh, yes, I, I've heard of that one. I used to use it when I first switched over full time to Mac. Mm-hmm. That's what I used was Neo Office. Yeah, and then just, I realized I didn't need it. <laughs> it's just getting that compatibility perfect. And, and whilst I'm not doing a lot of formatting, I just don't want to be using Keynote and then have formatting issues um, mm-hmm. when it gets converted to PowerPoint. So, yeah. Anyway, Kevin, I think we've probably bored the listeners enough for this week. We've still got a ton of, movie, a, a, a ton of topics for next week, including movies that we want to step into. Yes. And uh, we want to have a joke about Ben Affleck uh, being Batman. We, we've also got to talk about Sweaty uh, Palmer, uh, Barmer uh, retiring from Microsoft. Uh, Monkey boy. We, we've got to talk about hardcore porn. That's right, listeners. Kevin and me talking about our hardcore porn watching. Uh, and uh, we, we, we've got to talk about uh, Geek Points, IMDB, because Elisa was... Actually, we got a lot of bad feedback a couple of weeks ago because we got things in movies wrong. Oh, my God. So we've been told we have to have IMDB open now from now on so we don't make mistakes. But you know what? See, Kevin, I, I know you've got it open today, but by not having it open, we got people talking about the show. And they started interacting with us. If, if they didn't have anything to interact with us, they wouldn't tell us whether we did good or bad. They could just tell you you're a silly twit. That would maybe get, us, get the interaction started. That could help. That, that certainly would help. And, and we didn't talk about Kevin's new keyboard or the Wii Mini that you want to buy because Tim Chatton's already bought one. Tim Chatton doesn't even open the box. Tim, I love <laughs> you, but you are crazy. Although, then he's also the same guy that has every single iPod made. Although, he did write a book about that. So, so Tim, you've got to write a book about the Wii now because you've got every version. And I have his book, so. Yes, so do I. Very good book. But I, I do have to say, I didn't pay for the book. Tim actually gave me a, a copy because I ended up doing a review on my Mac. So, just that, that I disclaimer. I paid for it. I paid for it. Good man, Kevin. Good man. And and maybe well, I, but but you know I also have every iPod I've ever owned. I don't have every iPod ever made, but I have every iPod I've ever owned. I've never gotten rid of one. See, I don't. I just sell them, and it's like, yeah, give me the new one, great, and sell the old. Yeah. Well, I get the new ones too, but I keep the old ones. <laughs> now, quickly before we do go on on a serious note, uh, you want to mention um, the benefit for Tim Verporten. Yeah, the Mac Roundtable, uh, first of all, start off with, in case the listeners don't know, Tim Tim Verporten, a well-known Mac podcaster and somebody that I greatly respected and admired, uh, passed away a few months ago. And his widow, Alice, has uh, been trying to figure out what to do with all of his technology. Tim was the the ultimate geek, as as one might say, and he had technology, uh, tons and tons of it. And uh, mutual friends of ours, uh, Allison Sheridan and her friend and her husband, uh, Steve, and their friend uh, known as Mac Lurker or Dorothy, uh, have took on the task of putting all, taking all the stuff, 
putting it together and sorting it and cataloging, and it's now listed on eBay. We can put a link in the show notes uh, to where you can go buy the items. Uh, the Mac Roundtable, which Tim was a member of, has a direct link off their website. And there's a lot of cool stuff if you're interested. Tim was very much into things. And even if you don't want something, please, please make a donation. Uh, Alice spent something like $2,800 to ship all this stuff from Minnesota, or yeah, Minnesota, I think, is where they live, all the way out to where Allison and Steve live in California. So she's been a great deal. I think they've gotten back to a little past even on the shipping. Uh, so they're trying to get to the plus side to help out Alice and all that. You know, there's a lot of expenses when people pass away. There's a lot of things that have to be taken care of. So I would please encourage our listeners, if you don't see anything that you want to buy, make a little donation if you can afford to. It would be really nice to help Alice out. Tim did a lot for the Mac community. He did a lot for the geek community. And uh, I just encourage everybody to go out and help out. Yeah, certainly. And uh, we'll make sure that we put some links in there, too, um, to how you can help out and how you can have a look at the, the stuff that's available. Now, Kevin, um, we're at the end of the show. Yes, I, and you I, still never said the episode number. I did, but you didn't. Well, it's 122, so I said it now, so. Uh, bite me. The, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I would have something witty and funny to say, but I think I put it all in the show. You pretty much opened up your guts and ripped them out through your entrails all over the screen there. So. Well, it kind, of, it kind of helped with the zipper halfway down, you see. Yeah, your entrails fell out your underwear there. <laughs> Not entrails, my entrail. That was, that was yeah, one long entrail, Kevin. Yeah. That, were, you, know. were you entrailed? <laughs> no. And there's the punchline. <laughs> Listeners, thank you for listening to us yet again on Geekiest Show. Uh, whatever we're called, <laughs> Geekiest <laughs> Show ever. <laughs> Episode 122. We are crazy. We are insane. Or maybe that's just me. Kevin, can you tell the listeners where they can find out more about you and talk to you and, and help you therapize, <laughs> not a word, but I made it up, why you deal with Mark each and every week? God, I need my head examined, what I really need. Anyway, uh, you can <laughs> Hey, you, t- you turn up to the show, my friend. <laughs> it's my abusive, self-abuse nature. <laughs> um, but if you want to know more about me, you can always find me on Twitter and app.net as B-I-G underscore I-N underscore V-A. Or if you go over to about.me forward slash Kevin Alder, you can find out links to the things I do over there. Fantastic. And for anything related to me, simply head across to markgrantree.com. And don't forget, uh, don't forgive God, don't forget to leave us some feedback on iTunes. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Good, bad, indifferent, doesn't worry us as long as we know that more than one or two listeners are, list- are listening to the show. And please, correct us if we're wrong. I absolutely love people correcting me because, you know, I like throwing curveballs. It's fun. Gets people, yeah. It gets people angry. They, they, they just... They have to come back and say something, Kevin. See, that, that's why we do it. Tim did it. Elisa uh, did it. And it's like, no, that's wrong. We're going to come back at you and we're going we're gonna to publicly abuse you on Twitter just because we can. I love it, Kevin. I love our listeners. And, uh, and, I, and, and I love it when they, they slim muttered us, especially me, for getting stuff wrong. Well, uh, anyway, I, I'll, I'll let us go because otherwise we're, we're doing next week's show if I keep going, Kevin. So yeah. uh, between now and next week... Don't forget to hug a geek. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> there was actually a cool little duet thing going on there. There you go. Nice. Hello, people. My name's Peter Bird, and I am the host of the Deep Look podcast. The idea behind the show is that we talk to our guests and we learn more about them, the subjects, the people, the things that shape their lives or the things they're interested in or the things they would possibly want to know more about. Basically, we just like to look a little deeper and see what's there and to learn. If that appeals to you or you like that idea or if even if you have a guest that you think we should try and speak to, then come on by and give us a go. We are part of the Stoplight Network.